Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome to Supercoach Edge for the Round 16 Review and Round 17 Preview. And it was like a breath of fresh air, with many enjoying a high-scoring week, courtesy of most primos exceeding expectations and projections across the board, led by Merritt's weekly high score of 168. Many, like both of us, Liam, enjoyed Neil's 143 with the VC, which we promptly locked in, Mm. and that set the tone for the rest of the round. And it's a round that didn't come without its usual issues, though, with Yo. Ruled out heading into the weekend with yet another injury. And we pondered as to how long it would take for the other walking injury in that five to be ruled out. Well, it didn't take long with him being subbed out of the weekend's game and news now coming through that he has re-injured his plantar fascia ailment that uh, I guess he was suffering from earlier in the year. But uh, we can't say that we didn't warn you all to stay away from him. Mm. And we hope you listened. But Liam, I know, uh, I know you were awfully tempted by him. Were you not? <laughs> Fleetingly? Yes, yes, very tempted. I was, uh, as I said, ready to be hurt again. Um, and I would have been had I gone for him. It really shows you. Nat 5 is on my never again list. Mm. And it, this shows you why. Yep. Right, he's right to be there. He's right to be there. He has every right to be there. Exactly. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll show a, a clip uh, shortly as well when we discuss Nat 5 in the, um, mm. in the trade segment. Uh, and it's kind of a bit eerie. I think we, we must have had the uh, the crystal ball, the, the Supercoach Edge crystal, crystal ball, painted crystal ball, of course, um, out in the desk uh, when we when we actually prophesied that uh, he was going to re-injure himself. And Liam, you mentioned the plantar fascia, which is now the issue. So, uh, yeah, it was very, very, uh, very much a prophecy. Well, Liam, where can the crew, before we get into things, find us across our socials? 
Yes, if you're not following us on social media where we uh, post all the latest news and post-match Supercoach scores and, of course, the odd meme or two, you can do so via Twitter at, at Supercoach underscore Edge, at DamienJ88 for Damon, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. And actually, if you're not already listening to the podcast on youtube so you're not watching not watching us you might want to this episode because we've got Very a true. we've got a we've got a nice little uh visual treat segment yes a treat you could you could call it that <laughs> um coming up later in the episode and it, it's just not gonna work if you're having to listen to it so yeah. uh yeah jump across to youtube if you can um and don't forget to like and subscribe if you are hitting there yeah, we won't give it away as to what it is, uh, but you probably realize if you are an avid listener or watcher yes. of our podcast, you'll know what's coming up because we did uh, kind of, I guess, um, give it a little bit of a preview last week. We just didn't know as to when it was going to happen, but alas, it did happen, Liam. But uh, I'll just have to wait and find out what it is. Uh, but until then, let's jump straight into it by kicking things off with our usual recap in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Yes, in the good, the bad, and the ugly, we roll through some of the more notable and the more forgettable performances across this round of Supercoach, and we touch on how our own teams performed in our head-to-head rivalry. Cutting it short. Not, oh. not, I'm not talking about the, the ultimate supremacy that we wrestled for because <laughs> it's only between the two of us. I, I, I wasn't even watching them because I didn't have your camera on screen and I was highlighting, you would have seen it there on the run sheet. Yeah. I was highlighting ultimate supremacy because it's always a good gag. And then when you stopped short, I was like, what happened? Did, did you disconnect? <laughs> I'm just uh, refusing. But, just refusing. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're still, I, I think we're Pro still test. wrestling for the ultimate <laughs> supremacy. <laughs> a protest, yeah. Uh, well, let's kick it off with the good, and it is in the form of Zachary Merritt. So Mez, as I'll call him for short, uh, went absolutely bananas. I don't know if that's his nickname, but I'll call him that. So he went absolutely bananas, scoring the highest weekly score, as you mentioned, from the top of 168 from 31 disposals in a cracking display mm. against Port Adelaide. Unfortunate that uh, your mob and the Dons couldn't get the uh, couldn't get the, the chocolates, but um, mm. yeah, it was a great performance by by Mez. Agreed. Agreed entirely. Uh, moving on to the bad, and we've got Rory Laird. Rory, it's hip to be squared. Was anything but hip. Anything mm. but hip. He disappointed owners, especially especially myself, and those that put the C on him, only for him to deliver an insipid 84 against soft opposition. I will say, though, North isn't a bad midfield. No, that's true. Like probably not an easy, not not the easy midfield to score against. Not like the Eagles. You can see cool. points like everywhere, Sorry. even on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only place they don't concede the most points is like um, is the wing for some reason. Yeah, wing defense. Yeah, it's that's the weirdest. True. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but still, you'd think. I mean, Adelaide in you know, half decent form, you'd think, uh, and especially mm. with Rory Laird coming off the the big game and, and Dawson as well, that yeah, it uh, would have, would have. Uh, Quited to more, but no. Yeah, dividends, but no, wasn't to be bloody hip to be bloody. squared. That's a, a really apt reference because it's, uh, it's a song that's featured in American Psycho, um, Huey Lewis and the News, and that's what a lot of, I think, the owners that put the, uh, the C on him would have been thinking about <laughs> the old American Psycho going crazy. Hey, oh! 
Um, but let's round it out with the ugly in the form of Darcy Cameron. So mm. Dcam he punched out an equal season low of 61, all despite having the outright lion's share of the ruck with 63% ruck attendances. He did, however, get monstered in the ruck by wits and was largely ineffective with his hitouts, all whilst having just 77 metres gained, which, for perspective, is virtually the distance from the edge of the square to the goal square in length. Ooh. So that's the amount, the amount of metres gained that he's had. Wow. So, yeah, not really much in terms yeah. of, um, you know, uh, positive ground that uh, his possessions mm-hmm. were, were giving Collingwood. But, um, yeah, it was really strange. I think it is it is hard to score against uh, the likes of Wits, who's a premier ruckman. But still, you'd be expecting a little bit more from DCAM. Yeah, agreed. Agreed entirely. Not, not what you want to see. Um, 61 sort of was almost a salvage score, though. Like, he was on, like... Oh, 10 at quarter time or something, wasn't he? Yeah. Not that 61's great, but at least it wasn't 40. Anyway, Damon. Good boys, good boys. How'd you go this yes, week? Yes. I, uh, I actually had one of my best rounds in mm. recent memory, or at least those on record dating back to 2014 uh, in the back end of Supercoach, where it ranks all your history. And I ended up scoring my third highest score of my Supercoach career. Oof. With a mammoth 2,617, it was better, however, with 2,626 before scaling kicked in for the last game. So the scorers had to ruin an even better score, but also one that worked well with the consecutive digits that looked so perfect. Thanks for that, champion data. Always ruining things. Uh, But in terms of trades, I just did the one putting my 200K in the bank to good use by upgrading Weddle to the doctor. I was in need of a doctor, and boy, did he prescribe some some absolute juice for me on field. He tore it up playing his usual high halfback flank role taking intercepts and then drifting up to the wing at various stages and even kicking a goal. It was very, I think, reminiscent of Dacos's role at the Pies. Mm. He was pretty much everywhere. It almost looked as though he was playing in the midfield, but uh, I had a look at his CBAs and he had a grand total of zero. So he was actually pushing up to the wing and he was almost like an extra man in the engine room without being a ruck rover or a rover. He was like on the outskirts of like, you know, I guess the ruck contest. So it yep. kind of uh, fooled me, but uh, he was largely unopposed as well. Took intercept marks, all that sort of stuff. So looked really good. Happy with that as a trade-in. And um, I guess many opted for Ryan as well, but uh, the doubts that I spoke of him last week over his role, and we both did as well, um, you know, being switched from being an unaccountable defender to being an accountable defender, that was on full display on the weekend against the Dogs, where he scored around 50-odd to quarter time in a loose roll off lob, Rory Lobb, only to then be switched to playing an, an accountable game on Eugle Hagen. And he then went on to score just 98 for the entirety of the match. But I must yeah. say at quarter time, I was thinking to myself, maybe I've made the mistake. Maybe I've, I've made the wrong choice here and I should have gone for Ryan. But uh, as it goes to show, the homework does pay off uh, some of the time. Um, but DCAM and Taranto were my only real letdowns, I think, across my team. But the, uh, the bow will well and truly be put on my team heading into the weekend with the inclusion of Mills finalizing my team as the final sort of upgrade um, now with a full complement of Primo. So it's like that like that meme. It feels good, man. It feels good <laughs> for now anyway yeah. until injury strikes, suspensions, all that sort of stuff. But uh, I'll just I'll just relish as it is at the moment. But what about you, Liam? How'd you go? Yeah, I... Uh... We're not too badly, 2,539 this week. Very nice. Uh, which did see me go up in the rankings by 720 points to 6,650th overall. So uh, 
continued the upwards trajectory overall, yeah. the trend. I just, the trend I just realized as well, I didn't actually uh, mention my rank, which is probably the stupid of me. It's the most important. Oh, yeah. Were you actually, trying to put uh, it ahead? Yeah, potentially, just because of the fact that, again, I fell short of cracking the 1K. Um, I went up 414 spots and I'm now ranked a uh, season high of 1,058 overall. So not too bad. And you might think, oh, it's going to take me uh, weeks to get into the top 1K. I'm 17 points off the 1K. So not too bad. Not too bad. But Liam, we're, we're climbing together. Just the main thing. Yeah, that's 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 the main thing. I'm looking to see if you can crack the top 1K next week. I better. I better. Just make up the 17, 17 points. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. Uh, so in terms of trades this week, I made my final upgrades. Um I traded out Matty Johnson and Will Ashcroft for Jordan Dawson and Tom Libertore. Oh, who, gee, yes. It was nice. That, it was nice. Those two upgrades in one. Really good. Uh, both turned up as well, which was nice to see. I don't normally see that when I bring in. Yeah. Dawson though. I feel like Dawson should have scored better. Like he mm. scored, I think 102 or 103 or something. Yes. Yeah, but unders. I feel like he should have scored better and. I feel like we, I can, I can truly understand what you went through when you traded him in, just mm. like that underwhelming, uh, feeling. Uh, Liver though, pretty happy. I think he scored 120 odd. I'll take that. Oh yeah, any sure. day. Uh, that does leave me with four trades in the bank, and a completed side, if you want to call it that. I do still have Steel, um, the faux primo, and uh, Sheasel, Sheasel. Oh, as do um, I. She's nuts. Yeah, but I don't mind him in that role anyway. So happy to keep him there for the time being. Um, I was pretty happy with my score this week, as I said, winning all but two of my league matchups. And uh, looking across the field, my lowest was DCAM with a score of 61. Um, I'll now be sitting on my trades this week. Um, I am enticed by Mills. But um, I want to. Um, uh, he might. He might be the only one that makes his way in, and then I'd definitely be sitting on my trades with three left. Um, but I'm just sure that Carnage is about to kick in, so um, yeah. want to try and hold as many trades as I can for the time being. Yep, smart move. Well, you're actually ahead of me because I'm down to two trades now after bringing Mills in, and that'll that'll be it. No more bets, like a <laughs> casino. No more bets. No more trades. Um, but yeah, it's awfully tempting, isn't it? Um. Mm but done enough trading up until now. And now we just pray and hope to the gods and hope they spare us. Uh, but Liam, let's uh, roll on to the head to head. And uh, this is where the ultimate supremacy really comes into it, doesn't it? Exactly. <laughs> so I chalked up another win and extended the league to 646. But Liam, I can smell a certain something. And it's it's not the usual smell of Clary's, you know, sweet bacon in the air. Um, because you don't know when he's coming back. Well, he's never coming back. He's retired. <laughs> he's, he's gone. He's he's retired. He's like just imagine like this fat pig sitting in the in the mud in the pen, just like gorging himself on. He's done a. I'm just surprised that there's no rumors like the you know the Harry Mackay and Ben Mackay rumor that like one of them's run off with some girl in South some America Brazilian. and yeah. I'm just surprised that no one said that about Clary. <laughs> now that I could believe actually with Clary. Yeah. Like yeah, run off with some Brazilian. They're like, wait a second, that's the same rumor as the Mackay twins. I'm like, no, it's it's real. It's oh, real. Shit. It's it's the actual. <laughs> finally, come true. Anyway. Yeah, but yeah, the 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 the, the, the scent that I'm smelling, Liam, it's not so much bacon this time around. For once, 
it's more of a it's oh, it stings the nostrils because it's got more of a chili chili pie potentially that's maybe in the oven maybe that's what it is so yeah. Liam, by popular demand and by some suspect dm sent our way at least my way uh the people of the supercoach edge community were keen to see you tackle the hot pie by challenge it's a mouth, mouthful and i know uh your pie was a mouthful as well this uh this hot pie by challenge was in the form of devouring a triple chili pie which was punishment for finishing as the lowest scoring team between us across the buy period and uh you know add a little bit uh mm. a little bit more spice to our usual weekly head-to-head where we're looking for the ultimate supremacy by the way but let's see if the pie was too hot to handle how about these terrible puns, by the way? So without further ado, let's throw to our pre-record from earlier today where we put you to the test and we saw whether or not you could you could finish the pie first and foremost, but if you struggled mm. to uh, to finish the pie. Did I? Yeah. Who knows? Who, Who knows? knows? Well, let's, let's throw to it now. And uh, by the way, uh, you'll see also that uh, we weren't just sitting there watching you eat a pie like ASMR and you were just, we could have done that. But that's for a different audience who need to pay extra or just need to pay money. Um, only just fan style. <laughs> just in general, only fan style, um, which we, we're happy to do if you want to do that. Yeah. Um, Again, hit up Damon's DMs if that's what you're watching. <laughs> but uh, no, we didn't just sit there and watch you eat, Liam. We had a chat about a couple of players to segue mm. into uh, the Prices Right trade segment. So let's throw to it now and uh, see how you fared. Feeling All righty, Liam. The time has arrived. Oof. It's finally come. It is the hot pie by challenge, the chili pie, uh, which was part of the, uh, I guess, the, what do we put, the, the bet, the head-to-head, the punishment. Um, we, well, it could be a reward because you might actually like this, Liam. It could be delicious. It actually kind of smells very nice, I have to admit. It, it does hot. look quite nice. It does smell hot, I will say. Yeah, and as you can see there, I just just give us another look at the uh, just just hold up. Don't don't touch the top, of course, because you don't want chili on your fingers. As you can see there, that just is it chili flakes and like slices of chili. It's like chili flakes, and then like it's like dried chili. Oh, okay. Wood on top. Mm, very nice, and, and I can I can spot uh, yeah, a bit of uh, a bit of sauce there as well, just to uh, mute it if it needs it. But yeah, yeah, and uh, and and off screen, what do you what have you got there? I must admit though, I will be eating with a knife and fork. And I'm not enough smart. I do not eat the pie, I promise. But uh, just the fact that it's filled with chili, I want to avoid getting too much chili on the fingers uh, for the rest. Because uh, I will 100% touch my eye straight after I eat this and be blind for the rest of the day. That that is so smart because I um I just made some some lunch earlier and I did spot my chili pie in the freezer yeah. and was so tempted to have it today as well and. I think I probably would have just not even thought about using a knife and fork and, and would have would have touched the pie and handle it like, you know, fingers on top, touching the chili, and I would be rubbing my eyes and whatnot and it'd be game over. So that's smart by you. That's uh that's a game plan. Also, I feel like watching someone eat a pie with an like eating it that way is probably not gonna be super nice for anyone at home. So you guys. We spoke about the uh the demand of ASMR and uh well, does that mean as well? Like by the end of it, uh, there won't be some some foot s- s- smushing over <laughs> that we spoke of. You avoid that. You haven't you haven't fired up the OnlyFans? No, no, I haven't. Not yet. It wasn't enough demand. 
No, no, I didn't hear it. There were no DMs. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get any, but uh, you didn't see the ones I got. Uh, and they involve things other than feet. But anyway. Um, off screen. We off screen. Good old uh, can of uh, Darth Wilmot's finest. Uh, yes. The companion. <laughs> to my right. I just did a full drug of what it's thinking. I'm surprised you haven't got a step further and just like hooked up the hose, the backyard hose, and fed it through into the kitchen just to hose yourself down because you'll just yeah. be on flames. I'll just be okay. You'll be, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Uh, we'll, we'll... I'm really excited. I don't admit. This is not a punishment. This does look, it does look actually delicious. Um, and, and again, talking about game plan, you've got water, you've got, uh, you got the Pepsi Max, which is, you know, the perfect beverage to accompany any meal. Um, but also you've got the pie to temperature that is quite sensible, not, not too hot in temperature. I mean, it's going to be yeah. spice factor, but uh, you don't want it too hot because imagine like burning your tongue and then getting like chili yeah. in your tongue and yeah, on your burns wouldn't hot. be too good. It hot. Like it's hot inside, but it's not, it's Ready not eat. burning your mouth. I'm gonna, yeah. Be like, kind of thing. Like the, the depths of hell, like sitting in the, the Bay Marie at the MCG uh, yeah, where it's, it's as hard as a rock. Yep. All righty. Well, uh, Liam, let's get into it. And whilst you're eating this, so it's not just a weird ASMR, you know, type setup where we're just watching you eat, um, even though it could be quite uh, quite funny, uh, but weird at the same time. So we, we figured that we might as well kick things off whilst you're eating this. And we'll touch on a couple of players, namely uh, Mills and also keys. So, uh, Liam, do you want to kick us off by uh, taking your first slice? I might cut it in half so everyone can see inside. Oh, that's even better. Yep. Don't touch the pie, Liam. Fair you guys touch the pie. <laughs> Seriously. What is wrong with me? Uh, you're going to be scratching your face. You're going to be scratching your eyes. Oh, looks oh it does look... Jeez. And this is from... Uh, we forgot the name of... Jeez, that is piping hot temperature-wise. You can see the heat. Yeah, I'm doing right now. Uh, it is from Gaffney's. Gaffney's, Gaffney's that's the one. Thai Kitchen, I think it's called, in yep, Seymour. In, uh, in Seymour. So uh, I have tried one of the basic ones. Oh, no, I, had the, I had a curry pie. It was quite nice. Um, I don't know. Is this your first from there, Liam? Or did you try one of them? The, the meat looks chunky. I love it. Oh. Yeah. It's good uh, Good. Uh, good. Good meat from uh, old Gaffney's. So here we go. First one without sauce. Yeah, well, it's got a kick. It's got good flavour. It's hot. It's like good net or nails in my throat. <clears throat> oh, 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 next level. <laughs> it's good. Tier it is two. Good. It's not, not too hot, I have to say. But let's kick it off, Liam, as you uh, as you tuck further into the pie. Uh, and we'll chat first up about, uh, let's go with Callum Mills. Mm. So obviously uh, returned uh, to play a full game on the weekend. Obviously he got subbed out the week prior. Only played around about half a game. Um, but on the weekend, most pleasingly, he, uh, as you take the heat off there with a nice swig of Pepsi Max, quite nice for those tuning in. I, I, I am conscious as well of those people tuning in to the podcast. So I have to give him a bit of a running commentary as to how things are going. Liam's just, uh, he's actually, gee whiz, he's tucking into it now even further. He is hot though, actually, I have to admit. You are, I love the fact that you, you scooped up a bit on the knife and then licked the knife as well. That's just, just unfazed, absolutely unfazed. Um, but with Callum Mills, the pleasing thing is he actually had the equal most CBAs on the weekend with 76%, alongside Luke Parker and Robottom with 76%, and Hickey also with 76%. So I reckon Horse loves a bit of numerology. 
They're all 76%. Yeah. Incredible. Just a, a quick check back. How are you going? The talk right now. My mouth is full of pie. The split's good. Mm. It says it is not. I mean, obviously, we haven't got Chad Warner there. Yep. Um, but the fact that he's still getting those, uh, that he's getting CBAs and getting bulk CBAs is really positive. The, ple- the pleasing thing with with that is is actually his most CBAs all year as well. Um, prior to that, his highest was 69% back in round three and then 63% in round eight. And prior to that, it was a 47%. So to come back in and play a full game and get the full complement of CBAs, he's already pretty much hit his ceiling of what he can get uh, in terms of the engine room um, or time in the engine room. So really good first up. Sheldrick, meanwhile, he uh, he was probably the main competitor, I think. Uh, he actually dropped 5% from 46% the week prior to 41%. And then, of course, a lot was made about Isaac Heaney taking 76% CBAs back in round 13 two games ago. Um, <clears throat> out of the buys, he actually had 0% CBAs. And then on the weekend, he only had 12% CBAs. So he's probably the other competitor to Mills um, because he sort of picked up the slack when Mills was out injured. Um, so all in all, I think it looks pretty good in terms of his role. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's going to be hard for me to get him in. Mm. Um, and I really want him in because I think he presents as a really good MH or M9 option. Yep. Um, I think I'm just a little bit off being able to find him I think about 20k off getting him in as though I can M8. Oh. Sorry, M9, M9. So I could have had him off the bench with Steel um, and him as M, M9, M8, M9. Um, if you can get him in, I, I'm almost considering trading Steel out for him. I've actually seen that. I saw someone on Twitter yeah. mentioned that as well. And I don't mind. I think George uh, from George Supercoach, he was considering something similar. And I actually, I don't, I don't mind it. Um, what's the price point of uh, Steel? I'll just have a quick squeeze. I think he's around about four twenty. I think or four forty. Yeah, so you'd only be gaining around about forty k. Not making much ca- cash off it. Yeah, but you'd be doing it primarily for the the scoring output more than anything. Yeah, I don't think that steel. Like I'm a bit disappointed in steel. Um, gonna be honest, he's almost on my never again list. Um, oh, yeah, I think it's harsh. It feels harsh. I just don't think I'm. <clears throat> I'm always injured, and I think I need to see. I need to see more from him. Um, next year to be able to pick him again. But yeah, like he had actually had the at eighty two percent CBAs in the weekend, up from 76, 74, and sixty eight the three weeks prior. Um, and against West Coast, that's most I think the most concerning thing, isn't it? Um, mm. especially considering Brad Crouch had twenty tackles or something ridiculous, and that's Steel's bread and butter. That's what we always rub it on about when it comes to Steel is he's tackling Nouse. Um, and he he struggled. Um. So I don't know. Again, is it the shoulder? Is it is it the psychological side of things? Yeah. Because thinking that he might do his shoulder again, having is done it, it twice being, already, the issue not being able to get, you know get around as much. Um, yeah. as well. He had six tackles on the weekend, which isn't too bad. It's probably on par with what he normally gets. Yeah. Um. So it's probably Crouch's uh, set an unrealistic benchmark with seventeen tackles that he had, and um, you know, ten the week prior, but. Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from there about maybe wanting to to punt him. I guess the, the question you've got to ask yourself is how many points better is Mills in terms of output compared to Steel and, and can you justify the trade off the back of that? Because I'm down to four trades, so that would leave me with three trades um, with Briggs as my R2, which um, I'm not too concerned about yeah. uh, at this stage, but just that's looming in my head. Mm. 
But, yeah, I, I think if others are considering it, I don't mind it. I think it comes, as you said, down to how many trades you have left. My mouth is a bit on fire now, I have to admit. <laughs> but, uh, are you getting the hiccups or something there? Or is it, uh, is yeah. it from the heat? Or? I don't know. It was hot. I got the hiccups. Um, my mouth is now hot. You're about halfway, halfway through? The third yeah, through? I don't know. I, I, and admittedly, I did also eat the half with them. Like, this half doesn't have many chili flakes on top. Ah, uh, so you went in hard. hard at the start because I thought, give the viewers what they want. Um, <laughs> Look at that, looking after them. But, uh, so you've got to consider the points on top of the um, the unhappy trades you have left as to whether you mm. would on Mills. If you're going to get Mills in as your last upgrade, um, it's value. It's really good. I'd do it. Mm. If you like, there's value in getting him as your M, M9, but again, it comes down to the trades. Like, if yeah. you're down to two trades because you're getting him as M9, is it worth it? Probably not. Yeah. Um, and I think it depends on who you have at M8 as well. If you're stacked in the midfield and it's not really going to save you that much, I probably wouldn't do it. But, but yeah, that's just me personally. Yep. No, that totally makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm bringing in Mills as well, uh, M8, to, to finalise my team and put the uh, the bow or the cherry on top of my team. Uh, so I'm happy enough with that. And actually, it is courtesy of Briggs, the Briglet. And he's actually, are you adding some extra chili there? No, it's just normal sauce. Oh, sauce. Gee whiz, my heart skipped a beat. Then I thought, geez, you're going up the next level. You're like, this isn't hot. Let me just put yeah, some chili sauce. <laughs> just to just to whack it on the edge of the pie there that uh, is looking a bit bare. Um, but yeah, the, the, I, just going back to Steel, j- just briefly, he's an 8% of teams. So he is a relative pod as well, which kind of is hurting you more than, than not. I mean, it's high risk, high reward in terms of that. But with the output that he's having at the moment, it's doing more harm than good. Yeah. Um, but Mills, by comparison as well, I mean, at the moment, he's only 3% of teams, but that should inflate to, you'd think, I mean, he was in, uh, it was the 18, he was being traded in 18% of teams. Um, so that will no doubt rise. But yeah, again, uh, something to to consider there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, I'd be looking at his ownership closer to the game as well, seeing how much he's gone up um, as to whether it suits you or whether you're better off going for a pod. Um, mm. If you look to catch up, it depends on how, yeah, I guess how highly owned Mills becomes. All righty. Well, let's move on to uh, the next guy uh, we'll have a chat about as you are uh, tucking to the remainder of your pie there. Um, and you're not swinging it up at all. I reckon you're probably, you're, you're busting out more of a sweat cutting into the pie uh, through exertion uh, as opposed to. Also as well. Good chunks of meat, which I mm-hmm. appreciate. Um, and some good crust, some good pastry. Well, maybe maybe at the end we'll, uh, we'll get you to provide a rating. Maybe you should have. Uh, we should have done the. Um... Oh. <laughs> Hold on a second. Is that a big chunk of chili? That is a huge chunk of chili. That is amazing. Now it is. It is called a triple chili pie, isn't it? So there is the, yeah. the chili flakes on top. There's chili in the pie, obviously. Yeah. Where's the Where's the third? Is I mean, it two types of chili in the um, ah. in the sauce? Gotcha. Maybe you should have upped the stakes, considering that it isn't really hitting uh, hitting your sides at all in terms of uh, the heat. Maybe you should have done it based upon how many weeks you're losing across the buys. So uh, you would have uh, you would have had three pies, <laughs> and I would have had one. <laughs> three pies to one. Maybe next season. Um, let's move on to uh, having a chat about uh, Ben Keys. 
Uh, he's actually gone up a fair bit in price. I think now he's a touch over 500K. Yep, 506K as a forward midfielder. Um, now he's kind of, he went up 43.3K in the weekend. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you got him at his low, low price of 350 or 338 when he bottomed out, uh, you'd be uh, laughing all the way to the bank. But uh, there's been some murmurings on Twitter and uh, we'll delve into it just with regards to his role. And that was the main worry about whether or not you get him in or bypass him. And we spoke about it early on as well across the buys. Um, it's kind of like a one of the one of the main reasons why um, we both kind of didn't go for him. I was more worried about round 15, sort of setting the tone against the pies. And I thought he was going to put a really hard tag on, uh, on Dacos. Didn't happen. But on the weekend, with regards to his role, first off, he scored a 124 against North. Oh, here we go. Now, Liam. Another big chunk of chili. Another one. Gee whiz. Um, so against North, 124. Yeah. And you'd think, okay, well, surely he had his, uh, his, if you didn't watch the game, he had his role in the midfield. But Liam. No, not at all. It's, it was anything but. Yeah. He actually had, looking at DFS Australia, 3% CBAs, which equates to one CBA the entire game. Hmm. Incredible. Absolutely insane. Like, and looking at his heat map um, from the Telstra tracker on on the um, AFL app. So I'm just having a look at my phone, looking at these stats. Um, defensive half, he spent thirty percent of time. Forward half, seventy percent of time. He has a big chunk of time on the on the wing. I will say um, that's sort of where he has sort of that big red kind of spot. Um, but otherwise, it is very much forward based. Um, only the one CBA. Um, no clearances. He did have seven tackles, two goals, two, which will inflate his scoring as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, mm. seven tackles and five marks. Um, so I guess may have still been playing. I mean, I didn't get to catch the game. Um, we were, was that when the wedding was on? Yeah, the wedding was on. Uh, yeah, it would have been, yeah. Yeah, so we obviously didn't get to see it. Like looking at his stats from that side, um, he may have been playing a bit more wing potentially. Mm. Um, but really through the through the mid like the the inside role. Yeah, so I guess he's kind of um, looks as I'm looking at the heat map. He's more of a like a, a high half forward. Like yeah, yeah, the the big red uh, circle on the other uh, wing there. But then aside from that, the majority of time was kind of almost in the in the center of the forward fifty arc. Um, but drifting kind of to to one wing as opposed to the other one. But yeah, it looks like it's more of a high half yeah. forward roll or wing roll drifting forward. Um, again, like I guess it's, it's, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. It's not a bad role. It's just, I think the question needs to be, was this, was this a good game in a bad role or was mm. it, a, um, or is he, is, was it a one-off and he's not going to play this role going forward? <laughs> yeah. That's my concern. Is he, is he played out of the box in a role that's not going to score well? <laughs> going forward and this is just a one-off or is it the opposite where um, he's, you know, he can score in this role and he can score as an inside mid and, and, and he's a good, great pick. It's hard to tell. Yeah. And I mean, it was against poultry opposition, uh, no disrespect, but against, against North. Um, so, you know, can you really use this as the uh, barometer or the benchmark uh, for his scoring from here on out in the same role, if it persists? Um, I'm just trying to find, I'll find it in a moment, but um there was a quote leading into the weekend from uh, the coach that mentioned he's going to be rotated 
with the likes of uh, Saligo, Rochelle, um, Sloan. Um, I'll find that in a moment. But uh, just looking at the CBAs, just to kind of um, give a bit more light to that, um, Rochelle had 50% CBAs on the weekend. The week prior to that, he had zero. Uh, Saligo had 22% CBAs. Week prior to that, he had four. Uh, and Pedler was the uh, was. I guess the big beneficiary alongside Rochelle had 11% the week prior and then 42% on the weekend. So all those guys kind of um, a part of the reason, I think the main reason why keys as CBAs have dropped. Um, but I'm just, I'm surprised that it's gone so far one way. I thought maybe keys might, you know, have had, you know, CBAs close to like a peddler, um, at least half of what he was getting in the weeks prior where he was averaging around about 70 odd. Um, so it is a little bit concerning. I think if I was an owner, I would be a little bit concerned. Um, but I think what this probably says is your, your expectations probably should be lowered from here on out. Um, there may be games there where, you know, he just doesn't, isn't able to gather the ball along the wing. Um, it's a big, big difference playing win role as opposed to the engine room. Engine room, your ball's at your feet every stoppage compared to the wing where it's kind of dictated by how your team is... I guess, performing on the day. Um, if your, your team is getting absolutely smashed or they're getting outplayed, you're not going to see any any ball time on the wing uh, transitioning from defense and whatnot um, and kicking out wide. So I think just, I think his average from here on out will lower, I think, at a guess, but it's highly dependent upon the strength of their their matchups, I think. Now, Liam, mm-hmm. as you tuck into it, you've uh, you spread it across the plate there. Um, yeah, everywhere now. It's everywhere, but it's 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 good. It's looking good. You uh, only got a, a few uh, mouthfuls to go as well, so yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely smashing that. And not even a bead of sweat, not even a red face. I was uh, I, I was hoping for something, anything, anything. I might have to Photoshop something onto your onto your head, maybe a bead of sweat. Yeah. It is all the sinuses, though. I will say. Oh, it always does that for me. Yeah. Yeah, so with with keys, I think uh, if you're a non-owner, I mean it's non-negotiable. Don't go for him anyway because he's at that high price point of 500k. He's just priced out of um, out of range now. But even so, um, I think there's a little bit of worry for owners, but it is what it is now. I think even if you got him at that cheap price of three three fifty odd or 400, 450, you got yourself a bargain anyway. So keep that in mind with what he delivered across the buy period. Um, and that'll probably make up for the lack of scoring from here on out if his average does drop. So, yeah, is what it is. And Liam, you've absolutely smashed that. You've you've done very well. The water's there. You didn't need to hose yourself down. Um, Still most of it left too. No, look at that. Yeah, Pepsi Max. How, how did it work? Did it take off the heat? Uh, yeah, there's still most of that left as well. <laughs> I don't know which one worked better. Yeah. I thought the carbonation might give you a little bit of tingle on the tongue and uh, massage the... Uh, Brings it out a bit more. Brings the, the flavor. Taste buds. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. I think I agree with you as well on your last point. Uh, not a concern for non-owners. I don't think it means getting him in. Probably a slight concern for slight owners. Slight concern. But... Um, just because of the role. But yeah, nothing. I don't think there's any action points for them for, for this round particularly. Yeah, exactly right. And like with, with trades dwindling, if it does get to a point where you do need to trade him, Maybe you can afford to use a luxury upgrade, but even so, I think he's going to provo- provide some sort of scoring um, that's reasonable enough. I just, I'm just hopeful for those owners that he doesn't revert back to his average of 68 um, before he started getting mid-time because he was punching out some 50s, some 40s, some 60s. 
um, 80s and 90s sparingly. But yeah, there's nothing you can do now. It is what it is. You're locked in um, and just ride the wave, ride the absolute wave. I uh, probably should mention as well, just to finish off with him. Uh, I don't think I mentioned Sloan. Uh, his CBAs actually didn't drop. It did. They did drop, but not not uh, markedly like Keys. Uh, they went from 48% the week prior to 31% on oh. the weekend. So he's still getting the uh, more of the share, more of the slice of pie, you could say, Liam. Yes. Um, but uh, very, very nice. That's uh, pretty much it for our uh, discussion on those two guys. And uh, we'll probably uh, use this as a bit of a segue here on out to uh, to chat about uh, the next segment, Liam, yeah. the trade segment. And you'll be trading in some more pies off the look of that, Liam. Uh, you've uh, absolutely smashed that. Did you enjoy it? And what was the rating just to just to uh, out? Yeah, okay. Good rating. Good crust. Great crust. Mm-hmm. Good flavor. Chunky yep. meat. Um, I want to give it a 9 out of 10. Very nice. 9 out of 10. That is that is high praise. Love a good chunky. Chunky meat is what it needs in a pie. Yep, exactly. None of the uh, none of the gristle, eyebrow, uh, eyeball, no. all that sort of you stuff. You could tell what it was. You could tell that it was uh, it was it was meat. It was actual meat. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Well, Liam, thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, yeah. I mean helping those uh, those purveyors, those people who love ASMRs. We didn't really get much ASMR, no. but uh, just the visuals. Um, you know, people like to tune in to watch people eat. It's a thing, apparently. Um, and uh, yeah. Thank you for helping get their rocks off, no doubt. You're more than welcome. Well, let's finish off, Liam, with a bit of a throw to a uh, a quote, a, a classic moment from American Pie, probably the most applicable. Well, we'll just tell your mother that uh, that uh, we ate it all. Show me the money. Oh! Does that make you feel good just to say that? You're going to do, Show me the money! So that was the hot pie by challenge that you absolutely smashed you devoured Liam literally you uh, did a really good job not even a bead of sweat not a, not even a, a red face nothing mm. nothing at I, all I don't know if I said I can't remember now if I did mention this uh during the uh during during the record of it but my mouth was on fire for a, for, for for a while afterwards. it was it was hot but it wasn't it was like a lingering heat like a lingering tingle but not it wasn't something that was too hot to sort of eat if that makes sense like it wasn't yeah, like okay. you were like oh i don't want to have any more because it's burning yeah um it was good it was good and uh of course need to thank uh thank our uh father-in-law peter for the mm. for the pie and for, for suggesting the challenge and uh and also of course gaffney pie kitchen oh need to absolutely. thank them um yeah sponsorship coming in We'll uh, yep. more than happy to devour some more pies for you. Yep. Uh, but also <laughs> pay some pies. Yeah, just pay some pies. <laughs> um, I did tell I told my uh, I told Jacqueline, um, my fiance, that I had had it today. And she's like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, it was really nice. She's like, oh, well, we're going to see more on the weekend. We can go get some more Ooh. if you want. And I was like, okay, I don't need like, <laughs> I don't need another one right now. I've got a I've currently got a pie sitting in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> it was just yeah, but yeah. Would yep. highly recommend if you are in the Seymour area, uh, look them up. Uh, yep. It was very tasty. But also, Peter, I just, and this was a suggestion. Oh, that we got yes, of from, course. Uh, from our Thursday, my first one, my first first appearance on the Thursday live stream where we uh, go through the teams mm-hmm. um, and answer some questions from the good folk of the Supergo Judge community. But someone suggested that that uh, since uh, Peter is obviously in our, uh, our, our, Patreon league and is currently in last place. Mm-hmm. That uh, if he finishes in last place, that he should uh, 
have a have a go at eating one of those pies. I think that's I think that's a fair that's a fair suggestion. I think, and that <laughs> that would be legit a challenge for him. It would as be, we both know. yeah. Actually, it would be. I, I'd, yeah. Struggles with heat. Struggles with yeah. with uh, probably probably just temperature heat, but uh, spice. I think more mm. more than most. Um, and he's got the full works. The, the best is when he starts sweating under the eyes. He gets the red lid. He yeah. uh, everything. It's just it's amazing. Um, I think I'm I'm probably in between you and him. I think I can, I can mm. withstand I it to a point. It. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I've still got my uh, as I might have mentioned in the the pre-record there. I've got my pie in the fridge, my uh, chili pie. So I'm keen to give it a go. I might give it a go maybe tomorrow or um, maybe mm. later in the week. But it's good. Um, I'll report back as to uh, as what my thoughts were. But um, yeah, I like. It. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely, William. Now is the time to uh, flick across to uh, I guess go through the rest of the trade-in and trade-out candidates uh, as we already started with Mills and Keys, of course. Uh, so hopefully uh, that helped, um, I guess, make it a little bit less disturbing than just sitting there and watching someone yeah, eat. Yeah, just watching but, um, eat. Uh, it, it's, it's some people's kinks. Um, so you might have actually Again, scratched some uh, itches. Just hit Damon's DMs if you want more <laughs> of that. <laughs> but let's jump into the next segment, and that is uh, The Price is Right. And in Price is Right, we are... Uh, we discuss the potential trade options, uh, the trade targets that you might like, the trade out options, all of that. Uh, and we even look at whether certain players should even be traded at all. Uh, but let's kick off, Damon, with going, going, gone. And this first guy should come as no surprise, but I'm going to throw it over to you. Well, for me, in my case, it's gone, gone, gone because I got rid of him <laughs> weeks ago and it should have never been gone, gone, gone. It should have been non-existent not even present, um, whatever, not even in my team mm. uh, because I started with him. It is Nat Fife uh, as a mid forward, of course. Uh, now a mid forward and um, hospital, on the hospitalized, but benched. Um, but he's priced at 313.1K, averaging a 50.7 with a break even of 58. And scans have come out and revealed that Fife has a stress fracture in his foot, which could mean he is out for the season. Frio have come out and said that we're hopeful that he's going to make a return later in the season, which is very, very funny because I'd like to see how many more people he can fool <laughs> into bringing into their team. No. Um, but really not much more needs to be said other than get him out. Um, and we'll just harp back now. This is probably a good um, good segue, Liam, mentioned at the, at the uh, top of the show. Back in round 13, when he was all the rage, um, all the rage. when he'd scored a 90 odd, um, had a few CBAs, was starting to play more midfield minutes. And we're worried about that because with those extra midfield minutes meant more stress on his legs, more mm. stress on that foot and that, that uh, Liz Frank injury that he had. Um, so uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's write it now. And this is what we had to say looking into our crystal ball. When it does come to Fife, with increased playing time and knowing Fife's injury history, and of course being in the twilight of his career, it's only a matter of time before he once again goes down with injury. And remember, he's already been injured earlier this season when he was out multiple weeks with a plantar fascia issue. And also just like, think about the timing of it. You're doing it when you've got not many trades left. Mm, You're doing it when... uh, probably being out is going to hurt you the most, like yep. in a final potentially in, um, you know, trying to just get to finals as well. It's a risk. Mm. It's a risk. Well, there we go. That's, um, that's very, um, 
very eerie. I'd say eerie, but it's not really because we saw it coming. Everyone should have seen it coming. It happens all too often. And it was spoken by two guys, Liam, in us who have been burnt numerous times. Mm. And we've seen that. Uh, what's what's the lyric from uh, Taylor Swift? I think I've seen this film before and I didn't like the ending. Which is apt because of, uh, of course, Taylor Swift sold out numerous shows. <laughs> Just a couple. Just a couple. What's the line here? Hard to get tickets. I don't know what people are complaining about. Exactly. Um, I got 10. (laughs) You got 10 to each show as well, didn't you? Yeah. I was going to say one to each show, but yeah, 10 10 tickets to each show. Uh, Again, hit up David in his DMs if you want one. Um, Please don't. Please don't, Swifties. They'll lynch mob if they think that I've I've bought them in order to try and scalp them. I would not do that. Don't kill me. Of course not. Of course not. No, I sold uh, half price. Don't kill me. I'm uh, just, just if you like and subscribe, that, that that's what you can do. Oh um, uh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the next player on the list, and it is Alex Chincotta, defender eligible, uh, two fifty five point nine k, averaging fifty eight with a break even of fifty two. The Ricotta Panacotta. Uh, whatever else you want to call him, has yep. lost his early season touch when he was punching out scores to the tune of 67, 88, and 70. Since then, his average has dropped from high 70s to just 58. And his score of 32 on the weekend absolutely highlights that drop. His break-even has now shot up to 52, and his days as a cash cow are all but up, unfortunately. Having gone up 153.5k in price, he has more than served his purpose and is an easy upgrade, sorry, downgrade uh, to generate cash or an upgrade to a primo um, if you've got enough cash in the bank. However, that being said, he could serve as an emergency bench cover if you do need, but is most certainly a player that is a break glass in case of emergency if uh, if you do decide to keep him. Yep, absolutely. I, I'm in that camp. Um at the moment, because I ended up swapping, as I mentioned, uh, Whittle to Doc in yep. one trade. But yeah, he would have otherwise been a handy downgrade option, and use that uh, that 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 handy cash to uh, to fund um, the primo upgrade. But uh, yeah, I mean, any cover is better than no cover, so I'm going to stick by that option. Exactly. Yeah, I think he's he's actually had a few half decent scores as well. Like um, I know the role isn't quite there um, when Doc was out, and that's kind of when he was booming a bit. Um, but yeah, he's had a few 60 odd scores as well, but yeah, the 32 on the weekend and he had 52 the other week as well. Not the best, but if you can score around about a 60, that's probably a pass mark, um, for him. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on to the next category on the chopping block. And, uh, there's a couple of players here. Again, these come down to, you know, where you're at with your own team. If you need to trade out these guys in order to, uh, to fund upgrades or to use them alternatively as stepping stones, genuine primo. So first up, we have Matthew Johnson as a midfielder priced at 319.5 K averaging a 54.5 with a break even of just 12 only really finds himself on this part of the list as you can use him to get a primo, as I mentioned, um, then, you know, that does make him a great option, having made 195.6K, if you don't mind. So uh, has been a handy cash cow. Yep. But with his ability to ton up, we've seen that he can be handy bench cover as an M9. So equally, can be kept if needed. So I'm keeping him all year myself personally. Um, and likewise, this next guy as well, which we'll chat a chat about. Yep, agreed entirely. And next guy on the list is Seamus Mitchell. He's got that lovely DPP status with forward and defensive eligibility. Uh, he is 375.4K. He's averaging 72.5 
with a break-even of 28. And uh, much like Johnson before, Rolini finds himself on this option uh, in this in this uh, list um, if you can upgrade him because he's made, yeah, 251.5K huge um, and realistically is an easy stepping stone to the likes of Callum Mills with, you know, 20, 25, 30K um, mm. is all you'll need to do that. Uh, trade and obviously some DPP swings. Uh, but if you are low on trades, I think it's perfect cover. It's got that DPP cover. So, you know, if you've got Harry Himmelberg or you've got Sheasel, swing him around. Um, and uh, he's got, yeah, that DPP. So he could be a D7 or F7. And we know that he's going to, he's got the role. Um, he's got the scoring ability and he's got the job security. So tick, 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 in my opinion. Yep, absolutely. You've uh, you've covered all bases there, and that's probably one of the main reasons why I identified Seamus myself in my own team um, a few weeks out uh, yeah. when I was planning out my trades, just because of that pure fact he's got that DPP swing with Sheasel. So it's going to come in handy, hopefully, uh, if need be, uh, across the course of the season. But he's also been really good buy cover and coming out of the buys, mm. posted some really, really solid scores uh, like he's done on the weekend when he scored an 87. So, um, yeah, really handy bloke. Good old Seamus. Our Seamus, my Seamus. <laughs> uh, but let's move on to the next category, and it is get them in. And uh probably goes without saying there who tops the list and it is Callum Mills uh, yes. as a midfielder priced at 404.1K, averaging at 88.1 with a break-even of 47. So I've already gone into Mills, of course, in depth when uh, you were smashing down that 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 pie, not even not even breaking a sweat, Liam. So we'll just reference that he's a perfect option for your M8 slash M9 uh, as a bit of a potential loop option off the bench going forward for the rest of the season. So let's move on to the next guy now. Yes, and... Uh... Just for note that we're trying to go through more mid, uh, sorry, more options that are just one or two options from each sort of line mm. um, that, that are potential trades because we obviously acknowledge that most people at this stage have completed their side. So you might only be looking for upgrades um, or sideways luxury trades, or you might only be looking to do an upgrade because you've got some, you know, players left over or um, yeah, you've got an injury. But realistically, um, just try to reduce, I guess, the number of guys we're talking about and really limiting it to sort of a top option and then potentially a value option or a um, bit of a pod option as well. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the next mid option we've got here is Darcy Parrish. A bit of value here, 572.2K, averaging 107.9 with a break-even of 102. Now, I actually had to look into Parrish's numbers this week in terms of his scores, and I was pretty surprised. He's been pretty consistent. Uh, mm. He's had just the three scores below 100 from his 10 games this season. Uh, one of which was last week when he returned, uh, which I think he scored 93 off the top of my head. And his other one of his other scores was actually a 98. And I think the other one was an 80 in the 80s. So really not super low floor, um, mm. not, not, not super low, um, which is good to see. That's what you want uh, from a, a midfielder. Uh, he did manage his season best score this week with a, a score of one. Didn't write it down. One thirty something. One thirty one. I didn't write it down. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I did actually write it down. Oh my god, I should have read ahead. Uh, and that's just a bit of a reminder of what he is capable of. We've seen him in the past, you know, have really high ceilings. Um, and uh, just that one score of one thirty one could have been so much bigger as well. He kicked. 0-4 for the game. So it yeah, could have been incredible. huge. And one of those would have been the sealer for the game, most likely, um, that he uh put to the 
the left, I think, off the top of my head. Um, yeah, so could have been a huge score from Parrish. I think as well, the next few weeks really present as a great opportunity for him to go bananas um, in terms of his scoring. He's got three game averages against the next three opponents um, that read like this. So he plays Adelaide next week, who he has three round, sorry, three game average of, of 104 against. Um, Geelong, who is a three game average of 105.3 and Western Bulldogs, a three game average of 100.3. So there is some strong potential for him to, to have some big scores, I think in the next few weeks. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. He's, um, and he's only 572.2 K. So relatively, relatively cheap for a, for a midfielder of his caliber, I guess. And I imagine he's a bit of a, uh, a bit of a pod, uh, 2% so. of teams. Yeah. Two percent. So since coming back uh, from injury, it always helps. <clears throat> and I think you can see that he and Merritt don't necessarily cannibalize each other's points. Mm. So Merritt scored the whatever one sixty odd, and Parrish scored one hundred and thirty this week. So uh, there is potential for them both to go large. Yep, I like it. Uh, he's a very very nice option uh, at that price point. Very similar as well in Erie uh, because Christian Petrarca scored very similar one twenty eight and kicked four behinds as well. Uh, mm. and easy shots that he should have converted and Melbourne probably would have won off the back of that. So yeah. um, sliding indoors for both Wet of those conditions guys. as well. Wet yeah, games. exactly. Very eerie. Um, but moving on to the next guy, and it is Taron Thomas as a mid forward, 382.8K, averaging a 92.5 with a break even of 48. And since his return, Thomas has shown us why he was highly considered last season, uh, pumping out scores of 89 in his return game, 112, 75, and 94. And pleasingly, he's getting CBA. So the 75 came from his lowest CBA percentage for the season with 22%, but otherwise they've remained relatively consistent with 51% in round 12, 62% in round 13, and 50% on the weekend. And he managed that even with a return of LDU, which was uh, impressive enough who came back with 72% CBAs, slightly lower than his average of 80%, but it looks like Jai Simpkin and Hugh Greenwood have been the big losers in CBAs. Very uh, surprising there with Jai Simpkin. I thought, mm. you know, he might uh, regain uh, most uh, of the CBAs, but uh, he's a value option, but again, is a high risk, um, high reward type uh, scenario. Mm. I don't mind him if you've got not much cash and you just need someone. I feel like he has potential to score well. Yeah. At that price point, I think, yeah. yeah. From what he's shown, he's pretty good value. Um, he's got DPP as well, which is, which is handy. Um, he's a prick of a bloke. That's the only uh, downside yeah. of him. <laughs> it's, uh, super coach aside, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed entirely. Uh, let's, move on to, let's move on to the next guy on the list. And it is Dan Houston. Uh, he is a defender. 558.9k averaging 105.1 with a break even of 15 and we all saw what he did when he kicked the match winner and i'm just shocked that he somehow managed to get scaled down from that point he went down like three or four points off the top of my head um after the game i just how i don't get it i don't how, how many how many points did they attach to him throughout the game that he didn't deserve that outweighed the extra points he would have scored for kicking the winning goal. Yeah. It, it makes no sense. Like they must've stuffed up along the way. Surely. Yeah. There's just, yeah. The only thing I can think of is that they, they've over allocated points for the game because it was so like, cause it's wet. It's more contested, more. Yeah. 
like there's less I'm just wondering I I just yeah. it makes no sense to me good though for those that are we're looking to trade him in as the scaling down meant that he remains marginally cheaper yeah marginally. it worked well for Emper who's a yeah, real listener exactly. and uh, viewer of our content and uh he I think was, it was sweating like 400 bucks or something wasn't it that he was it saved him yeah he was sweating bullets and yeah. uh we saw the we saw the um pre-scaling score and we're like oh imp is gonna lose his shit over this uh and then yeah he was scaled down and uh maybe maybe the plot twist is because it's, it's such a it's such a weird thing to happen I wonder if emper actually secretly works at champion data and he's just not telling us mm, interesting pulling some strings interesting yeah explains a lot <laughs> particularly with that uh anyway <laughs> moving on dan houston he has gone on an absolute tear in the last few weeks with scores of 146 and 156 but overall his season has presented some interesting scores on both sides of the equation so his three top scores read 156 146 which were scored in the last two weeks and 128 and his three bottom scores read 47 72 and 77 so based off that there's almost an argument both ways mm. Uh, with Houston, like bringing him in because he does have that huge ceiling. But then the issue is he's got a low floor, um, low, low floor which yeah. is really concerning. Um, obviously, if you're playing for overall, it doesn't really matter because he's averaging 105.1. But if you are playing for, um, what is it, uh, for leagues, mm. that could hurt you massively, especially at this sort of pointy end of the season. Um, it sits in 2% of teams um, before the start of you know, the next round. So he's a massive pod as well. Um, oof, it's high risk, but it could be high reward if he does pay off and, and keep scoring really well. But I think the fact that we can see, you know, those 72s, those 77s, those 47s in his scoreline, yeah. that hurts. I must admit, like, what, three, four, five, six, five of his last six games have been 110 plus, which is which is pleasing, but yeah. that one down scores the 47 against the dogs. But so maybe he's working into form a little bit. Um, even looking back further, that the three weeks prior to that period, uh, two of the three weeks were 100 plus. But um, again, like I could have easily gone for him over Doherty, for example, on the weekend. Um, but again, I'm someone, and you're probably similar as well, uh, Liam. But I, I like to back in someone that has the runs on the board. So Doherty. Mm-hmm. He's obviously been a top three defender in the past. Um, so that's probably one thing that uh, has really solidified in my mind. Okay, we'll go for Doherty. I know what he can score. And again, he's got the high floor, um, even higher than Houston, I think. And he's probably got equally as high a ceiling as Houston um, at uh, you know at his peak, I guess. So um, yeah, that's probably the, the deciding factor for me um, between both of those guys there. Yeah, and again, I think we're going to talk about Doherty next as a bit of a mm. um, segue there. But of those two guys, I mean, there's just value with Doherty. Like mm. you're saving an extra 23K, 20, almost 24K yeah. um, with Dockers. Um, and I think that makes sense at this stage of the season. I can almost value that. And the fact that I think definitely Doherty has a high, higher floor. As to whether he has a higher ceiling, I'd question that. But I think from, yeah, I think Doherty is less, if you're going for league particularly, or if you are in leagues, Doherty's less likely to lose you a league. Um, yeah, that's whereas true. Houston's more likely to win you a league, but he's also more likely to lose you a league. Yeah, um, just as likely, and it yeah. just depends on which which 
which uh, score comes out, basically. It's interesting because I think both those guys as well, they play very similar roles for their teams. Um, roaming around, they're not just you know confined to being a, a traditional quarterback kicking out of defense. Um, they run up the ground, they they spread to the wings, they even push up to the half forward line as well and kick kick goals, as we can see with with Houston, obviously, with mm-hmm. the game winner. Um, but also Doherty as well, which I'll get into now, um, kicked a goal on the weekend as well. So um, yeah, it's hard to sort of split these two guys. And I mean, the price point probably indicates that. But um, yeah, if you're going for either player, I think it's it's a win-win. Um, it probably comes down to how many dollar re- dues you have in the bank. Um, but let's delve into Doherty now. Uh, so he is priced at 535K, averaging a 100.1 with a break-even of 85. And he scored 108 on the weekend in a pleasing display, which takes his three-round average to 98.7 and a five-round average to 103.2. Mm. And since returning from injury, six of his past nine scores have delivered tons. And two of those uh, games that weren't tons fell just short with 94 and 96. And it's funny because many forget that he was one of the most owned defenders yeah. to start the season, I think, because on the weekend, Ryan was, uh, from memory, I think it was about the third or fourth most traded in player. Um, and he would have been yeah, up there among the the top two traded in players uh, for the defense. And it was amazing because I think he was in like 40 odd percent of teams to start the year, Doherty. Um, but now he's in just 7% of teams. So mm. comes as a juicy primo pot option in comparison to say a Ryan who I spoke of um, earlier when I was talking about my own team, but most pleasingly with Doherty, it looks as though he has the role that he had last year when he was delivering juicy scores on mass as a high halfback flanker, um, drifting up to the wing and pushing forward at stages like Houston and kicking some snags. He does provide also a super solid floor, um, which is always a handy thing to have, uh, especially as you mentioned, Liam, with your head-to-head league matchups. And if you're in cash leagues, uh, they can become super crucial. Um, Since his return in round seven, uh, his lowest score has been 77. Um, Aside from that, it's been 94, 96, and then upwards of 110 plus. So um, looking, uh, yeah, like a solid option for those people that are in need of, of a, a lower price primo uh, in defense uh, because I think the only, and we spoke about it during the buys as well, but that was kind of the merit of holding onto Sicily because there was no other primos aside from a day cost, Stuart Dawson, Sinclair, um, you know, it's, and she's all, I guess, to an extent, but um, you know, Sicily was the only really other one, but now we've got Doherty, we've got Houston. So at least those guys are on the cusp. So um, yeah, for those people that uh, don't quite have the funds to to bring Sicily back in, I think either of these guys are, are pretty good options. If she's one, who would you pick? Between? Uh, Houston and uh, Doherty, sorry. Oh, I, I made that very choice on the weekend because uh, yeah. Houston, Houston was cheaper than... Um, uh, around about the mark of, of what Doherty was priced yeah, okay. at. So cool. I, I could have afforded Houston, but I went for Doherty just purely based upon, yeah, he's, he's got the runs on the board um, for a longer period, whereas Houston traditionally has fallen away and does have that. He had a worse standard deviation in his scoreline, which I think can hurt you from week to week in head-to-head league games. Um, so I do like that security of Doherty and the fact that he's got that that rollback that uh, we're worried about him losing early in the season when he punched out scores of 73, 87 and 71 in the first or three of the first four games to start the season. So he's got his old rollback um, and he's even had less CBAs as well. But um, yeah, he's kind of pushing up 
to stoppages, as I mentioned, like that extra, you know, I guess uh, person in the engine room without actually being a Ruck Rover or a Rover. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, let's move on to on the bubble. So let's look at some rookies. And first up, we've got David Cunningham, mid-forward eligible, 163.8K, averaging 69.5 with a break-even of well, minus 146. And we all know the uh, the long and storied history of Cunner's uh, injury history. Uh, he hasn't played since, well, he hadn't played since round 9, 2021 until, you know, last week um, when he had done a knee. Then on top of that, since then, he's had ongoing calf issues, a dislocated shoulder, and most recently another calf setback, poor bloke. Yeah. Um, he is very talented. Um, but aside from that, his uh, aside from that, obviously we have to question his durability, but we also have to question his traditional role as a high half forward, as it isn't necessarily assured of consistent scoring from week to week. And I worry to an extent that a flashy score of 97 um might entice too many people in and think, oh wow, look, this is the yeah. this is the norm. Yeah. Um it shows that he's capable of scoring um mm. when he's at his peak, but I don't necessarily think you should be accepting or not accepting, of course you accept scores like that, but you shouldn't be expecting scores like that week to week. Um he's a nice cash cow option if you do need one. Um or a forward cover given he is best 22 if he is remains at full fitness. But much like Yohan Fife before him, he comes with a fair warning uh, with with a chance of injury. Um, but I think at 163.8K, you could probably take the risk at this stage of the season mm. if you do want some, uh, if you have plenty of trades and you want some cover uh, for your F7 or M9. Yeah, yep. Well, like you mentioned, I think he is, um, the one thing that he has going for him, aside from his his lack of durability is yeah he's he's best twenty two, yeah. um he always has been because he's he's quite a talented player but he just hasn't had the chance to uh, get that consistent run in um so I am a fan of him and I can say as a cult man that um he should play from week to week but yeah I do worry about his durability the poor bloke um so yeah that is fraught with danger as you mentioned um next up we have Lockie Fogarty he's uh, his teammate uh, midfielder forward uh, also. DPP, uh, 167.4K, averaging a 75 with a break-even of negative 55. So uh, kind of mirrors uh, Cunners mm. here. Uh, and having scored 51 and then 99 on the weekend, the Fog, he stands out as another higher-priced rookie on the bubble. He has been playing as a uh, half-forward flanker with tiny stints in the engine room, uh, probably presumably more just rotation and giving uh, the big dogs a rest. But it has shown he can average high 60s traditionally, pushing into the 70s, and he only needs to score 55 across the next two weeks to make 80 to 90K, according to Supercoach Plus. However, one difference with Fogarty compared to Cunningham is he isn't necessarily a walk-up starter in the Carlton team, so could find himself out of the side if his form tapers. So he comes with uncertain job security. Um, absolutely. So I think take note of that. And he's probably more of a risk uh, on the job yeah. security side of things between those two guys. I would be willing to take a punt on Cunners as opposed to Fogarty, albeit Fogarty. He actually did play a pretty good game of the weekend. Um, but again, with both of these guys scoring quite well, uh, you've got to remember as well, they're playing Hawthorne. Uh, who got absolutely trounced by Carlton. So probably not the true reflection of how they will be scoring from week to week. 
also probably need to take into consideration that the game that they, their first game, so when Fogarty did score that 51 and Cunningham, I'm assuming he scored around the same 50, 50 odd. Um, yeah, 42 less actually. Yeah. yeah, okay, 42. He that was against Gold Coast again when they absolutely trounced them. So there's not necessarily even any guarantee. I mean, I I think that Gold Coast are a much better side than Hawthorne at this stage. Mm. Uh, but that also says that even if they are in a winning position or, you know, Carlton are going really quite well, it doesn't necessarily mean their scoring is going to be high. So there's that added layer to it as well. Yep. No, fair point. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on though to the probably the only more traditional rookie on the list. Uh, but sorry, before that, actually, I agree with you, Damon. If I was going to pick of those two, Cunningham oh, yeah. comes in. Um, I'd go Cunningham one because he's cheaper. Two because I think his best twenty-two job security is higher. Um, but yes, I'd really only be looking at them as bench cover at this stage. Or yeah, to, yeah. He's uh sorry, probably should mention as well, like a similar negative break evens. Uh Cunningham is projected to potentially make 90k over the next couple of weeks if he can score a 62 this coming weekend and then a 54 the week after. So I guess both of these guys could give you a bit of extra cash injection yeah. um within a short amount of time if you need sort of to bridge the gap in your bank to uh to afford a primo that you're eyeing off, but uh, yeah. And for se- season long cover as well, if, if you want, but um, yeah, depends on what your, uh, what your aim is, but yeah, that that's kind of um, yeah. What, it, which route you go down is dependent upon that. Yep. Agreed. Now let's move on to the more traditional rookie on the list. And it is Jack Williams, rock forward eligible 123.9 K uh, averaging 36 with a break even of minus two. And he's got scores of 21 and 51. So it doesn't really present much as cover for anyone that wants to uh, bring him in. And with the breaking of minus two, probably not going to make much cash either uh, if that's what you're looking for. Uh, he certainly, and again, uncertainty with his job security given Marek hasn't even been a certain starter since debuting in the team. Oof. Not looking good for Jack Williams. Uh <laughs> At this stage, I think you are probably better off looking at a Jack David Cunningham. The only reason you might bring in a Williams is because, but then if you're going to bring it, to be honest, if you're going to bring in Williams, mm-hmm. I'd be looking at a 102K rookie that's not going yeah. to play, use him as a loophole, maximize the cash you're going to get out of it. Um, unless you really need, if you really need a rookie that's going to make cash, then I'd go Cunningham or Fogarty and probably Cunningham. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of it. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. Because I mean, if you're getting him in to uh, to activate that that DPP option as well with as a ruck forward, yeah, why not just go? If you don't already have a Madden, um, you might as well go for a, a cheaper basement pl- price, one hundred two k rookie. Um, yeah. makes more sense, as you Free said. Yeah, maximize the amount of cash yeah. that you can. Um, and it's kind of getting to that stage of the season as well where people are compete, completing teams and they need as much cash as possible to afford that last upgrade. So yeah, that's a fair point to point out as well. Um, we haven't mentioned him here, but uh, we'll just briefly say Ryan Marek, a lot of people already have him. He's in 25% of teams. Um, he was a late in on the weekend. Uh, he went up 37.6K in price uh, to now be priced at 140K. Um 
and to his credit, he actually performed pretty well against the Saints. Scored a 76 uh, mm-hmm. off the back of two goals, 13 disposals, four marks, and four tackles. So, again, he probably is someone that uh, you wouldn't bring in as a bit of a cash cow because, as you can see, he's got a 49 and a 16 in both of his first two games. Um, and he's only projected to go up uh, to you know 50K over the next couple of weeks if he can score, uh, albeit 38 over the next couple of weeks, uh, both weeks. So, um, yeah, he's probably more someone if you want cover uh, more than anything. But again, as we've mentioned, I offer guys as well that have DPP and are basement price yeah. if you are looking to maximize the amount of cash uh, that you can get. But Liam, it's that time. Can you hear it in the distance? Yes. Yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. It sounds like a strained toot toot. It sounds like the boat's about to conk, down, conk out. Yeah, it's, it's right out there because... Uh... I am the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Toot toot. <laughs> oh my God, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> it's out the front, David. What are you talking about? It's, yeah, it's literally in the driveway. <laughs> it's in the driveway. <laughs> it's on wheels. Uh, in I'm the captain now, we chat about what VC and C options you've got for the upcoming round of Supercoach. As always, we've scratched the data and found the best options for you to consider. I'm just imagining for some reason you in a boat with wheels, with the pirate's hat, with the with the patch over the eye, with a you know hook hand saying, toot, toot. <laughs> <laughs> Literally saying, just mouthing, toot, toot. Yeah, you're like I'm here. Oh, I'm my ride's it. here. My my Uber's here. I gotta go. Gotta go. Jump in. Yeah, that is. <laughs> that's, uh, that's how I'm gonna turn up to your house next. Yeah, um, please do. <laughs> nice surprise. Let's kick off with some vice captaincy options this week. Uh, first up on Thursday night, seven twenty p.m. at the MCG, we have Richmond taking on Sydney, and of course, who other who else would we have in this match as other than Tim Taranto? He has an average of 97.25 in his last four games against the Swans, uh, including uh, a score of 115 earlier in the year, 119, 72, and 85. Very nice. Uh, we also have Errol Goulden, uh, the mm-hmm. gun. He's in some ripping form now. Um, has an average of 76.67 in his three games against the Tigers with scores of 88, 68, and 74. Um, so not too flattering. But uh, yeah, as I said, he's in a rich vein of form. Yeah, I'm just having a quick look. He scored 156 at the MCG last time that he played there. Yep. Uh, and then 85 the time before that. Yeah, a bit, bit each way. Um, could be a nice VC for Thursday night. Uh, but yeah. Let's move on to Callum Mills. He has an average of 124 in his last four games against the Tigers with scores of 97 coming earlier in the year, 117, 108, and 173. Uh, so Richmond are also giving away the second most points to opposition inside oh. mids. So if you do have him, he could be a pod VC option too, um, if you do yeah. go for him. Yeah. Well, I wonder how many people will be doing that. Like, I don't think, I can't remember a time where I've bought someone, sorry, I'm an idiot because I did it the other week. Uh, Petrarca, I put the VC on Petrarca and ended up locking in his score. I think he scored a 121 or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a nice option. Um, first up, that's for sure. And I, I don't think there'd be many people doing that. 
um, because there are a couple of other juicy options. Yeah, and juicy options this round. The next juicy option uh, is in the Western Bulldogs and Collingwood match on Friday at 7.50 p.m. at Marvel Stadium. And it is in the form of Zibont, Marcus Bontempelli. He's got an average of 105 at his last um, four games uh, against the Pies with scores of 125, 92, 76, and 127. And Collingwood are also giving away the third most points to opposition inside mid. So he could absolutely feast Zibont. Mm, good. Could be a good one for your VC. Uh, next up, we've got Timmy English, his teammate. He has an average of just 73 in his four games against the Pies with scores of 96, 63, 70, and 63 again. Nothing really tried home about there. Yep. Uh, coming off a 127 uh, on the yep. weekend as well. Um, yeah, I think so, his recent is probably more why you'd look to him, not necessarily his historical average. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's fair to say he would probably be the third option amongst these three here, yeah. um, with the next up being Nick Dacos. And he's only played the Bulldogs once for a score of 69, but gee whiz, he's in some really good form. It goes without saying. He's actually scored a ton uh, in every game dating back to round nine, where the form line looks like this. 125, 100, 124, 123, 118, 132, and most recently on the weekend, a 149. Mm. Uh, and with him as well, good old Dakes, he's actually getting a few more CBAs, but uh, it might be fleeting because Jordan DeGuey is due back this due back week. This week isn't he? Um, but the previous couple of weeks, his CBAs have gone sous the roof. Um, he's actually gone from 81%. Uh, two weeks ago to 62% on the weekend. Um, so, yeah, even so, it's good to see that he's actually performing not only in uh, the midfield, but off halfback as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Saturday at 1.45 p.m. at the G. It is at, sorry, not at the G, at the Gabba. It is Brisbane up day. against the West Coast Eagles. Rip, rip Eagles. Uh <laughs> It is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. Uh, Lockie Neal, they have an average, he has an average of 137.25 in his last four games against the Eagles with scores of 123, 133, 166, and 127, all of which you would take as a VC. If, mm. like, I know 123 is technically below, but you'd take it, 123 surely. Yeah. Um, and as we all know, we've already discussed this, West Coast give away the most points to inside mids which uh, also is nice to see for this next guy on the list. Oh, absolutely. Um, although he had a bit of a downer on the on the weekend, mm. uh, and we we chose the right side of the coin, if we were to flip it, between these two guys, Josh Dunkley. So he has an average of 135.25 in his last four games against the Eagles with scores of 143, 132, a 151, and a 119. Um, there is obviously a question about the corked calf that I think yeah. he had. Uh, during the game, was assessed during the third quarter, came back on promptly, and then I think um, old man Fags looked at the scoreboard and said, yeah, it's in the bag. Let's give him a rest. So subbed him off as a bit of a tactical uh, resting more than anything. So hopefully he takes his spot in the side. Um, yeah. But uh, it is the Eagles, so may they rest him if there's if there's some sort of uh, issue with him. Mm, must be a concern, isn't there? That'll, uh, that'll test Watch some benches. space. Watch yeah. this space. The only thing with West Coast as well is I'm worried about that they may tag. I think they tagged on the weekend. I can't recall 
who was the taggy against it was against Sinclair. Uh, let me just have a quick squeeze. Uh, but Sinclair ended up breaking the tag. Was it O'Neill? Yeah, it was Xavier yeah. O'Neill. Well, yeah, he's he's not the best, so don't have to worry about him too much. <laughs> Sorry, Zave. See on your same list as R2 Galea. I don't know, but he's got a head head like a like a sultana. Good old uh, Zave. For good measure. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Uh, it is uh, GWS up against Hawthorne on Saturday at 4.35 at G Gold Coast at Gold Coast at Giant Stadium. Oh, yeah. uh, God, got there eventually. Uh, <laughs> and we've just got one guy on this list at this stage, and it is Tom Green, who has an average of just 83.3 in his last three games against the Hawks with a score of 97, 93, and 71. Uh, he's obviously only played them the three times, but again, probably comes up against uh, potential, potentially, so it has potential to, you know, go big in this game. Um, and just looking at his recent scores, he's got a 127 and a 128 in his last two. So um, could be could be ripe for a nice score. Yes, absolutely. Uh, relished in the, uh, the wet conditions uh, yeah. on the weekend did uh... – T green um should also mention as well one thing that i'm looking at doing potentially is uh, a vc on like a bond into a c on neil for example um yep. so you know you can obviously change that up but we've we've broken these down into early games vc options later games captaincy options and that's what we veer into now with the captaincy options outright and it is uh in the first games and killed up against melbourne on saturday at 7 25 p.m at Marvel Stadium, and Jackie Sinclair is uh, hit a nice patch. Um, he's got an average of 76.5 in his last four games against the Ds with scores of 83, 67, 75, and 81 on the weekend. Ended up scoring a 116. Prior to that, he scored a 133, 102, and 125, a 71, and a 160. So uh, he's, he's starting to hit his straps, I think, no matter where he's yeah. played, getting a few more CBAs, which were kind of putting a dent in his scoring ceiling, but I think he's adjusting potentially. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't mind him as an option. Agreed as well. Uh, on the other side of the field, we've got Christian Petrarca, who has an average of 101.5 in his last four against the Saints. He scores 106, 92, 127, and 81. Yeah. 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 But his recent fall has been good, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Yeah. He's, uh, like I said, with uh, comparing him to Parrish, he only scored a 128. But he should have ended up scoring closer to a like a Zachary Merritt potentially a one sixty odd if he was able to uh, to kick a couple of those goals because in a close game against the Giants uh, and potential match winning goals as well um, that would have given him a fair bit of scaling. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's got a one twenty eight, one twenty one, ninety five, one fifty nine, and a one twenty two in his past five games. So um, yeah, yeah, looking pretty good. Where he scores there. Yeah. Uh, next up, we'll include him uh, if he plays the pink sweaty pig. Uh, for anyone that's got him or looking to bring him in, he's got an average of one twenty seven point five in his last four games against the Saints. He scores a one thirty five, one thirty three, a one thirty four, and a one oh eight. So you can see the reason why we've included him there. Yeah, agreed. If he plays, um, risk I think there is that he plays limited minutes or gets subbed mm. if the game is um, in the bag. Um, yep. But who knows? Also depend on the cost of a ticket back from Brazil. Um, very true. Very true. Get uh, an extra ticket for his, uh, for his flame. Yeah. Exactly. The old Brazilian, um, I don't know what to call it. Yeah. Hips don't lie. 
Yeah, Shakira, Shakira. Uh, <laughs> moving on to the next game, it is Port Adelaide taking on Gold Coast Saturday at 7.40 at Adelaide Oval. Uh, I think this is also for the, the longest run of wins, this game. Against oh, really? one side against another, I'm pretty sure this is this will take as long as Gold Port Adelaide win, this will be the longest streak. Ever. So Gold yeah. Coast have never beaten Port Adelaide. Oh, for third no, sorry, just in wins in a row. Oh, so wins in a row. Like they've definitely Gold Coast has definitely beaten Port, but I think Port, it's like 13 wins or something. Oh, gee whiz. 13 times that Port Adelaide has beaten Gold Coast in a row. Amazing. So yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, please correct me if I am wrong. Uh, but anyway, in that game, you've got Zach Butters. He's got an average of just 59 in his two games against the Suns with scores of 42 and 46. But I think it should be noted that the last time we did play the Suns was way back in 2020. So uh, no. definitely not going to consider his uh, his recent form. Um, sorry, his recent games against them because um, there haven't been any. Uh, yeah. But let's just have a quick look at his recent scoring. And I mean, he scored 108 on 109 sorry on the weekend um and yeah hasn't really had a massive score in recent weeks no. but we do know that he can have a big ceiling so this could be the week this could be the week for it this could indeed be the week um in hot demand good old butters uh we also have connor rosie uh, his teammate averages uh, 112 in his last four games against the Suns with scores of 113, 94, 125, and 116. Yep. Now let's move on to the next game. It is Geelong taking on North Melbourne on Sunday at 110 at Alphabet Stadium. Uh, and it is Tom <laughs> Stewart. Very good. Of course. Because he averages 108.5 in his last four games against the Ruse with scores of 97, 151. 118 and 68. Oh, boo. Boo. Uh, mm. But North give away the second most points to opposition defenders. So could all be coming up, Tom Stewart. Yeah, and just, just on Tom Stewart as well, just I was just quickly looking at his fixture. Uh, four of his next five games are at uh, Alphabet mm. Stadium. Good old GMHBA. Juicy. Um, so yeah, could be uh could be interesting run for him. Could this be a start of uh, him absolutely tearing it up? Well, he went nuts on the weekend <clears throat> in the second half. Oh, he started like absolute shit, and then he yeah he turned it on, didn't he? Absolutely turned it on. So salvaged, not just salvaged, but made a good score. Oh, like one forty seven, incredible. Yeah. yeah, it was um it was something to behold. But yeah, he's uh yeah he's got a great matchup, and I was uh when I was doing my um. Uh, team talk video which is uh, up on youtube by the way if you haven't seen mm. it um i was going through uh like historical form lines and all that sort of stuff and um uh, exploiting matchups and stuff and i noticed with north and i was like oh tommy stewart I, I don't think i've put the vc on him uh yet or the c but hmm, he's an option um yep. let's move on to the next game essendon up against the crows on sunday at 3 20 p.m at marvel stadium and first up we have zachary Merritt, and uh coming off a massive score <clears throat> he's got an average of 103.75 in his last four games against the crows with scores of 143 135 a 120 and a 17 which is of course injury affected adelaide do give away the second least points to opposition inside midfielders so keep that in mind uh probably counters the um I guess the, the 168 and um, yeah, nice little form line that he's built over the past couple of weeks, at least. 
Yep. Just on that though, if we take into consideration to get rid of that 17, his three round average again or three game average against them is 132.6. Yeah, so that's better. Yeah, nice and big. Um, but I'm also going to say that Essendon give away the third least points to opposition inside mids. So Ooh. it's going to be an interesting matchup because I think the last awesome. time we saw two teams that did something like this, it kind of counteracted. It just meant that that because both teams didn't give away many points to opposition, I think it was Ruckman. I think it was Port and – not Port, sorry. Uh, it was – Was it Bulldogs? Uh, and and really? the Bulldogs. And they both went massive. Like both – it was Sean yeah. Darcy went like one – 130 or something and um English and English did the same. So yeah. I just wonder whether there's a kind of it kind of counteracts a little bit. There's a positive um, effect coming yeah. out of the two negatives. Yeah. So yeah. I do wonder two negatives in um, equal or positive. Whether that does happen. Because obviously people have to this points have to come from somewhere. Um yeah, yeah true. Yeah. Of course, as well in the matchups. Um so yeah, I don't mind Zach Merritt. Um, as a bit of a probably going to be a pod C as well, I'd say. Yeah. Um, just based off that, uh, Rory Laird though on the other side of the table, good option. Uh, he's an average of one hundred nine in his last four against the Got Dons with scores of one forty three, one twenty three, ninety seven, and seventy three. But again, as I mentioned, Essendon do give away the least, the third least point, sorry, to opposition inside mids. Yep. And uh, applicable to this next guy as well, Jordan Dawson. He's got an average of 84.25 in his last four games against the Dons with scores of 97, 73, a 122, and a 45. Yeah. And on to the last game of the round. It is Fremantle up against Carlton on Sunday at 4.40 p.m. at Optus Stadium. And uh, first up, we've got Caleb Sarong, who has an average of 65.75 in his last four against the Blues with scores of 70, 70, 58, and 65. But we have seen again his recent form line, um, where he's had some, you know, some big scores and could be could be one to consider. Uh, like on the weekend, he scored one thirty eight. Uh, last week, one hundred and four, uh, and one thirty five since round ten. Interesting indeed. And obviously, Carlton also give away the least points to opposition inside mids. Ah, okay. There so, you go. Yeah, it could be a negative. Oh, God, too much here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and next up we have uh, Andy Brayshaw. He's got an average of 98 in his last four games against the Blues with scores of 104, 87, 66, and a 135. Um, but yeah, last game of the round. Do you do it? So we always ask the question. No. Nah. Probably not. Some other options, I guess, you could go for a Sam Walsh. Hasn't been in the best form in terms of scoring in recent weeks, though, but has a reasonably favorable fixture against uh Fremantle in one scores of 138, 106, 124 in his last three. And then I haven't included Doherty just purely because he is a uh a pod, but could be a nice option as well, because he's been himself in some nice form. Yep. Uh but again, probably only if those two would only be like Hail Mary. Um, kind of options. Uh, if you were just wanting to find a way to to get a win, um, yeah. if you are losing, you head to head. Yep, very good point. Well, Liam, let's now jump into our little captaincy head to head and check in on where things land with that. Uh, so on the weekend, uh, you opted. You had the. F- First pick with Dawson. And you, you, you tried to be strategic. Do you remember? And I need to stop doing this. Every time I try and be strategic, it shoots me in the foot. Yeah. And it was purely to stop myself from choosing Laird. 
So for those people tuning in for the first time or need a refresher, as a part yeah. of our captaincy head-to-head um, rules, um, so Liam had the first choice last week. Um, and prior to, to last week, I ended up choosing uh, Laird. Yeah. So by Liam choosing Dawson, who was my second choice, I wasn't able to go for obviously Laird because I'd already chosen him. So you can't you can't select the same captain Chilling for tonight. consecutive weeks. Yeah. Um so that was the main reason. So you were trying to be strategic there, trying to pull a little bit of shifty. And I do remember at the time you're like, watch this backfire on me. Oh yeah. <laughs> it did just that. It always does. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, Damon, you went on to choose. I went on to choose, choose Neil. And mm-hmm. I can't recall who I was choosing between prior to that. I think I was going to do something stupid. Ooh, I can't. I can't, I can't recall. And I think you. I was. Cho- I was choosing between Dunkley and Neil, and we both settled on Neil because I was like, Neil's due. Like he's he's just due. Yeah. I know Dunkley's been in good form, but um, just the law of uh, of odds and and chance. Um, you're closer to having a turnaround game or a bit of a downer in Dunkley's case, which uh, which happened and he got injured, which didn't help. But mm. um, I, I can't recall if there was a, no. I think it was the week prior. The week I was before looking at Stuart. I talked to you out of Stuart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ended up going for, for Neil. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Who scored a 143 and Dawson scored the 102. So that notched up another win for me. So I go ahead at nine wins to your six and the total now becomes, uh, or rather the uh, deficit, 118. And that is pretty much that. But Liam, I have the first choice this week. Yeah, you do. What are you going to do? How are you going to screw me over? And I'm wondering if part of the reason, like this is another plot twist. This is like layers within layers. Because last week you were like, go for Neil, go for Neil. Had you already looked ahead to see that Neil was facing West Coast and you knew that there was a fair chance that he's going to bust out a big score. No, actually, no, I'm not that. Okay. I, I don't have that many layers in me. Um, <laughs> like an onion. Yeah. Like <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not an ogre. <laughs> <laughs> not an ogre. <laughs> that would have been next level. That would have been like, you know, I'm thinking of like, you know, the, the Saw movie, the original one where it's like, do, 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 do. That is like one of the biggest plot twists in like recent movie history. Liam, this would be one of the biggest plot twists in Supercoach Edge history. So Yes, that's why I did it. <laughs> I'll play the saw music right now. <laughs> Clear jigsaw. Until, um, until, until it, it backfires on me and, and Neil scores five. <laughs> no, no, because I actually want to have him as my captain, I think, yeah. uh, or VC for my own team. So hopefully not. But um, okay, so I obviously can't go for Neil. Um, uh Okay, let me scroll back up. I might go for, I won't go for dunks, I don't think. Um, just going to go for something different. Oh, it's between Bont and Dakes, I think, for me. Um, I'll go for Zabont. I think he's due. Um, he's Stewie. Uh, much like Neil the previous week, I just think he's he's, he's been in some good form. Um, but I think there's an absolute blinder, I think, just up his sleeve that he's about to unleash. He did already against North Melbourne two weeks ago, but... You can do it again. Surely. I don't know. I'm it's between him and Dakes. I'm looking ahead now because you've made me think about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had a look um, and, and Bond plays Sydney. So I'm like, yeah, who yeah. he actually averages quite well against, I must admit. So maybe that's a stupid choice. But okay, you know what? I'm, sw- I'm switching. I'm going to be an idiot and switch and it's going to backfire. I'm going to go for Dacos. 
It came Stupidly. Nicholas Dacos, and I am going to go with. See, now I feel like you've jinxed me. If I go with Neil, if I don't Why? go with Neil, no, my yeah. issue is if I don't go for Neil, Neil's going to go large, and then mm-hmm. it's like I look like an idiot for not going with Neil. Yep. But now I feel like I've jinxed myself, and Neil's not going to go big. But then it's okay because I don't look like a fool. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Because you're going to be the more wanna, popular. I, I know who I want next week. I think. Oh, you've already looked ahead. See, okay, you've uh, this you you be you're embracing this, your true jigsaw I, form. I want. I've got an idea of who I want next week. I okay. This is what's actually between. It's between Merritt. I reckon Merritt's in for a big one, mm-hmm. or Neil. And now I feel less risk with Neil, so I'm going to go with Neil. Okay. Yep. Locking it in, Neil, because I feel like I'm going to look like a dickhead if I don't choose Neil. <laughs> uh, and your dakes. Yeah. I've actually had a look through as well, just, just quickly, by the by. Um, and uh, if you have a look on Twitter, Supercoach Data, uh, if you're a member of his uh, his fantastic database that he puts together, yeah. um, gives you an early insight into live scores and whatnot for those people who don't know. Um, but he's actually put up a post or a tweet uh, most recently where he was looking at the best players that have the, I guess the best performing um, super coaches in terms of their captaincy and VC choices. And I'm in ninth spot of all the, uh, all the people on Twitter. So I was pretty pleased with that. And I went through, so I'm averaging a 131. uh, And my only downer is Laird who scored a 50 every other week. I've scored a hundred and my lowest is 114. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah. So without Laird, I'd be averaging a 136, but it's um, huge. Going quite well, but hopefully uh, Dacos doesn't let me down here. But um, anyway, Liam, let's uh, round it up because we do have a uh, a couple of questions potentially coming through, at least one come through. So we won't let it go by the wayside. We'll uh, make it a quick segment, this one. And it is... I got snow. Hey, I got to know. Pretty good. In I Gots to Know, we throw it open to you, the good folk of the Supercoach Edge community. <laughs> and we answer, I was just like quickly moving on. We answer that your burning questions. Very good. Yeah, <laughs> very, you were like, yeah, okay, very good. Very, moving very good. On. Very good. I was thinking, I'm like, are you going to jump in here or should yeah, I? I wasn't trying and then I was thinking of like the, um, you know, the acapella that I still want to try. And, no, um, and you keep, we keep get, like turning me down. We should get like, you know what we should do? We should try and get people the listeners to send in their I gots to know. Yeah, actually that's versions, a good idea. And we can, yes. you know, do a different one each week or, or merge them that's, together. Geez, that's amazing. And then we can be the backing vocals. We can be the acapella with yes. the actual pre-recorded track. Yeah, I like this. Because we need more than two voices. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Because yep. then we can play it, them saying, uh, and I can cut it up so it's I, 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 and like stretch it out and then gots to know. Yeah. Amazing. That's it. No, but that's that's a really good point though. Like, yeah. So if you're listening, you're watching, um, and you want to join in with our stupid, ridiculous intros of I Gots to Know in different um, I guess, tones, uh, feel free to send yours in. Um, send it via Twitter, Facebook, all that sort of stuff. And we will, we'll feature it. Um, because I yeah. think we've said the I Gots to Know in every single which way that we can. Um yeah. so just to mix things up and and give uh give a voice to the uh to the people, as it were. So please, please send it in. But yes, anyway, and I got to know, we answer your questions. Uh, the good folk of the Supercoach Church community, we throw it open to you and we answer answer anything you send in. We've got one question here from DSE Fire Emoji. 
on Twitter at, at DSE underscore DSE underscore DSE. And Damon, I'm going to throw it to Hello. you. Their question is option A, trade Marshall to Mills this week. Oh, hang on. Sorry. I'm going to, sorry. I've always find these hard to talk. All right. So yep. trade Marshall to Mills and then yep. upgrade Day, She's, or Zeeble to Sicily next week with Ooh. the cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Or option B, bring in Clary this week or next week via Briggs. Six trades left before trades. So six trades left. So they currently got six trades and one primo off a full team. Cheers. Okay. So this is his last, last, um, Prima upgrade yeah. virtually. Yeah. And then obviously uh, a day sheasel or a Zebel would be a luxury upgrade. Yeah. Uh, but the looks of that. <clears throat> okay. First and foremost, I think with regards to Clary, uh, we mentioned it as well, that probably wouldn't feel safe trading him in before he's actually played his first game. Yeah. You mentioned it as well, Liam, that he may be uh, managed in game uh, or may even be subbed off depending on the uh, the state of the game. Uh, if they want to sort of put him in cotton wool, just to ease him back in, uh, keep in mind as well that it's, it, it is a soft tissue um, injury. So he's been largely off his legs, um, hasn't had the same training load as he would if he was healthy. Mm. So I think his minutes at the very least will be managed. Um, I was in that same scenario of potentially bringing in Clary off the back of Briggs. I've now bypassed that. I've, I'm now, um, I've, I'm kind of at peace now with no longer potentially having Clary in my side. Um, but at, at the very least, I think you'd want to see him play at least one, if not two games yeah. um, to see how he is managed and how he scores. Um, so I think that brings me to option A, and I'm probably more a fan of doing that. Um, Marshall, whilst I think he is potentially still an R2 uh, for the remainder of the year, if not an R1, um, although English probably has that wrapped up, I think there's merit in, because with these trades, you really need to think about it in terms of from here on out, points, yeah. who's going to score more. So Marshall and Mills, I think they could probably be on par with each other at the very least. Um, and then with an upgrade of you know, Day, Sheasel, or Zeeble to a Sicily that nets you know, him more points. Nets yeah. him more points, I think, overall. Um, and then with the fact that with Sicily, he's returning. He's not returning from injury. He's coming off a suspension. Um, so he's going to come full tilt. Um, he's got a, I think his break even is actually pretty gettable. Um, so he could be even higher in price after uh, the week that he returns. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm more of a fan of that. Although having said that, I think it does mean that he's going to have to keep bricks off the back of that, if he trades, I'm Marshall. assuming that Briggs is his D. Oh, sorry, is his is his R three? I'm yep. just guessing based off the fact that he's trading Marshall, and yep. he's got Briggs as well. Yep. So um, I would probably go with option A um, of the lot. I don't know. What about you, Liam? Yeah, no, I agree. I as much as I like Clary, um, and I'd want to get Clary back, I'd. I just don't trust him week one. Yeah. Um, one, he might, even if he doesn't get subbed, he can be managed in game. Um, You don't know if he plays a week, then gets a week off, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like I doubt that that would be the case, but just them wanting to manage him um, and obviously being concerned because it looks as though he's like, it looks as though last week it seems as though he's re-injured that hammy. Yep. Um, as opposed to it just not being... Oh, I don't even know. Do we even trust their doctors anymore? Yeah, um, exactly. But, he was listed at uh, one to two weeks, I think. So there is a fair chance that he misses this week as well. Yeah. So I I lead towards one. I, I trade option A. 
I think overall you'll net yourself more points. Um, and I think even with four trades left with that that option, you're going to um you're gonna be ahead. Like you've got four trades left for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's a uh, and then at that stage, because that would be we're in round how many rounds are left after that? Um so four or five rounds or something. Have so this so round seventeen you would you would be down to five trades, and then round eighteen you would be down to four, after round eighteen you would be down to four trades. You had one, two, three, four, five, six, six rounds for the rest of the season after that with five with four trades. I think that's fine. Yep, I think and by that stage as well, it's almost like a trade every two weeks. Um, so yeah, yeah, well within um, uh. You're right. So I guess it, you're within a good spot anyway, I think, <clears throat> having yeah. four trades with six rounds to go, that's for sure. And I think that – I think as well the other thing that you have to consider is that waiting brings to Clary might not happen this week and you've got to think mm. about the points you're going to be missing by not making a trade that's going sure. to net you more points. Um, yeah. Both of those options probably – both of those options – option A probably you don't see a massive deficit in points because obviously Sicily doesn't come in until next week. Yep. But overall, I think you're going to get more points out of that one um, than B um, at this stage. Yep. Yeah, totally agree there. Well, thank you for sending in your question, DSE. Uh, and we also had a, um, a question come through on Facebook, but it is one that unfortunately we're unable to answer at the moment. Uh, and it has been sent in from Hugh Tolhurst, I think it was. Let me just have a quick squeeze. Uh, yep, Hugh Tolhurst, uh, please advise regarding likely DPPs after round 17. So uh, there's uh, been yeah. nothing in the media as yet uh, that we've seen, but uh, when the news comes to hand, we'll obviously talk about that uh, potentially as soon as next week, because I think it's round 18, isn't it? They come in. Yeah, round 18. So it'll be, yeah, coming in in two weeks. Yep. Uh, so we'll have a chat about it then and uh, check back in. Uh yeah, because it'll be probably more of a bonus and for probably those people that are looking to bring in their last uh, primos to upgrade to. Um, yep. All righty, Liam. So before we wrap things up, uh, let's run through our Supercoach Edge Cup group results after round 16. Yes, our Supercoach Edge Cup public group leader is not a new leader. It's second week in a row. It's Adam with his team all Ooh. too hard. And he ha- had a score of round, a round score of 2,673 mammoth score. Yeah. Uh, and a total score of 36,333. And he is ranked overall 23rd, um, which was up from 44th last round. So consolidating his spot, which is very nice. Well done. And top scorer for the round, it was Tim with uh, his team, Timbo Slice, round score 2,696. Absolutely mammoth there. And a round rank of 53rd for the round. Yes. Now let's move on to the Patreon exclusive group and the, I mean who else who else could it be other than Jonas Goat T Prostitutes Inc yet again is the leader I love it <laughs> I love it I'm here for this um overall <laughs> score 36,011 uh round score of 20 uh 2,533 and an overall rank of 166 very Genius. very good well there done, flying Absolutely top scorer, David. Fine. Yeah, top scorer was Matthew, uh, Tun618, who was your opponent mm. in this uh, this matchup uh, for, for the round, with a score of 2,656, which was, um, yeah, that's a bit, a bit, it's a bit harsh because 
high score like that, which you scored, you'd think, oh, yeah, I'm within a chance. But uh, he ended up scoring the the biggest of the round. So hard to uh, hard to beat that one. Yeah, exactly. Now let's move on to the Patreon exclusive Supercoach Edge Cash League. And the results looked a little bit like this. Well, not a little bit, exactly like this. Uh, Dylan with his team, Popper Ball FC, scored 2,469. And he defeated Wade with his team, Carps Crushers, 2,331. Brett with his team, the Sharpshooters, scored 2,553, defeating Peter with his team, Tankers, 2,493. I, with my team, Treasure Parish, scored 2,539 and was defeated by Matthew with his team, Tun 618, by uh, with his score of 2,656. And Damo, you scored 2,617 with your team, DJ Trader Lots. Trade a lot, sorry. And you defeated Scott Arthur with his team black on white, 2,599. Close one, just Close 18 one. points there. Yeah. Um, nice win to you, though. Yes. And it caused some chaos. In the, uh, there's, some, there's some big movement. Not not so the, much where you are, but <laughs> some movement in the, uh, the, in the ladder. There is some movement. Um, and uh, it did help as well with that high score, especially because it meant that I reclaimed uh, top spot because I lost it uh, mid-round. The sharpshooters who are in second place, they uh, went on top of me uh, because we're both on 12 wins. He went on top with points scored during the round. At the end of the round, I ended up coming out on top. Uh, I'm ahead by around about, what's five, six, seven, eight, 70, 76, 77 points roughly. Uh, In third spot is Tun618, who has gone up one spot and swap spots with you, Liam. Yes. Um, he's on seven wins, and you are in fourth spot on six wins. Uh, Popperball FC is in fifth spot, also on six wins, uh, with points scored the difference. Uh, Scott Arthur with black on white in sixth spot, six wins also. Uh, again, points scored is the main difference. And Cups Crushers, much the same, seventh spot, six wins, and points scored the difference. And then in the last spot, holding the ladder like the noble man that he is, is Peter, our father-in-law, uh, with his team tankers uh, on the five wins. But it does show how close the league is because yeah. there's one win separating uh, your spot, Liam, fourth spot. Yeah, fourth spot. Um, to, yeah, potentially uh, if if Pete can win, um, it'll bump him right all the way up. Um, but, yeah, points scored, that's where that really does make the difference um, come the end of the year, given how close it is. Yeah. And interestingly, the ladder also replicates points scored. Hmm, okay. So points scored and the so the league points and the actual total points That's scored true. is uh both in order, which is a weird little quirk. You really say that, do you? It's nice to see. It means that everyone's technically yeah, winning in when the they place where they should be, yeah. Yeah, and losing when they should lose. So yeah. I like that. There's there's merit to that. There is merit. There's a Zachary to that. Well, Liam, that brings anyway. us to the end of the show. Nice little quirk to point out. But before we go, where can our listeners find us across our socials? Yes, on YouTube, search Supercoach Edge. And don't forget to like and subscribe. On Twitter, you'll find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge. Damon at, at DamonJ88. Myself at Liam Evans underscore 95. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, search Supercoach Edge. And uh, yeah, you'll find us there. Very nice. Well, um, as always, as you mentioned, Liam, if you love the content we provide, um, whether it be 
uh, podcast form, YouTube form, across our social channels, the little, uh, I guess, uh, memes that we put out and all that sort of stuff. Make sure to let us know. Um, you can do so via Twitter and whatnot and give us a rating on the different uh, podcast platforms. But also, uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and help us in our pursuit of hitting the 1K mark by the end of the season. Uh, again, I think we're up to 852 at the moment. So uh, we do need another 148 subscribers to hit that mark. Uh, and we've got how many weeks to go? This is round 17, is it? Well, seven, eight weeks to go. Yeah. Um, so we do need as much support as we can get. So yeah, again, if you like what we do, um, give, us a, give us a thanks. Give us a repayment in the form of a sub. That would be awesome. Um, But that's it for another episode. Um, Thanks as always for tuning in and we'll see you and I'll see you, Liam, potentially on Thursday. Will you be able to join me again for our Thursday Team Sheets live stream? Yes, I think I can. Tentatively, we'll say yes. If not, then that's okay. I'm pretty sure I can. Break my heart. (laughs) But yes, I should be on more often at the very least. If not this round, I should be on much more often. Oh, very nice. Well, uh, then, hopefully I'll be seeing you then. Let's see. Maybe next season we'll even get a Liam's team talks. Oh, exactly. There's, there has been uh, calls for it. We saw on the live stream as well yeah. that people were, they were pleasantly nice. surprised. I quite liked see. that. quite liked yeah. being wanted. Yeah, you are wanted. You're part of the crew. I wanted you. I I've been wanting to have you on the live streams for a long while because I've just been rabbiting on talking, talking to, to myself <laughs> and- Whilst the questions and comments come through, there's a barrage of them. And I feel like I'm snowed under half the time and I'm like, Liam, help me. <laughs> so it's good to have you on board anyway. So looking no, forward to I'll that. If you can join me again. more often. Yeah. Um, but anyway, with that, thanks as always for tuning in. All the best for the round ahead. And we'll catch you same time, same place. We'll see you then. See you guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 